Y'all doing all right this morning? Y'all in a hurry this morning? I didn't hear from everybody. Uh, uh, I said, slow your roll. Slow your roll. Uh, God is still God. We won't be long. Amen. We're just going to be obedient. Uh, so, so it's up to God. Mm. You know, this season that we have been walking it's been an amazing season. And God is still downloading a whole lot. You know, I've been, you know, this week has been amazing. Even while the ladies were away, I just kind of, you know, had a lot of time to pray even more and, you know, just to meditate on the word and enter in with God. Amen. I, of course, I missed my lovely being home with me, but, you know, I, I was trying to wait and capitalize on the time. So I just cast myself even more into the Word, and you know, just just hearing and listening and studying and just praying. And, oh, goodness, God is still downloading so much. I told him, I said, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, you can put stuff on paper and you can have an outline, but, you know, once God comes, it's like, hey, he just has his way, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful, amen, for the relationship, amen, that, that I have with the Lord, amen, just, and just being able to hear so many things, and I just let him package it all, amen, because truly there's not enough time, amen, to share everything that God downloads to us, amen, it's just kind of like you, you want to tell your child everything you can all in one setting, but you know that's not possible, amen, so you, you just kind of give him what you can along the way, what's pertinent and what's necessary and what's relevant right now, amen. And the thing that I'm hearing, amen, even in the, the praise reports and everything else that's going on is we have failed, and I, when I say we, I'm talking about the church at large, amen, have failed, you know, for a long time to be able to enter into the presence of God. Amen. We, we, we're good at gathering and we're good at talking about God and we're good at singing to God and all those things. But to really have a, uh, the understanding of what it takes and how to enter into God's presence, amen, for many a Christian is a challenge. Amen. So, so we want to try and, you know, capitalize on what God is doing because, you know, I, I, I don't know about y'all, but when he showed up in here last Sunday, it was just, Hallelujah. I don't know, it was amazing. Amen. And that's not the first time, but I think that's one of the times, that's one of the premier times in, the, in, in recent days, I'll say it like that, that God has just really came in and said, I got this. Amen. And so we're going we're gonna to kind of take a look, take a step back and look at, 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 you know, what that's all about. Because we, we must come to God, especially when we come to church as a collective, as a body, we should come with an expectation that the Lord going to show up in the house. Amen? Yeah, I mean, not, not coming, now hear what I'm saying? Not coming with an expectation that apostle going to preach good. Amen? Not coming with an expectation that the, the worshipers are going to worship fantastically. You know, because then we're coming to see man. I mean, of course they're going to sing. Of course, whether it's me or whoever, they, we, we're going to give you what God has given us. Amen. But that, if that's all our expectation is, that's all we're going to get. But when we learn to come with an expectation that God is going to show up, you know, you ever, you ever invite somebody to church, and then when you get here, you're looking around, watching the door? If they're not there already, you steady. Is my guest coming? Is my guest coming? Are they going to make it? Then when you see them come, you get happy. You're like, they kept their word, yeah. And you want to go sit by them and, you know, make sure they receive. You know, so that's how we should be when we come to church. I'm coming expecting God to show up. But I'm going to tell us something even about that, Okay. Because it, it, it's an important thing to understand that although we come with an expectation for him to show up, I would have you to, to 
realize the fact that God is already here. See, when we're looking for him to show up, that means we really don't realize that he's already present. So if he's already present, then what's the problem? See, because if we understand the fact that God is omnipresent, that means everywhere present at the same time, amen, that there's nowhere you can go that he is not. He's in the car with you. Huh? He's, at, he's in your living room. He's on your job already. Oh, yeah, he's in the living room when you're going off on your spouse. He's there. When, you, when, you, when, you, when you're telling your child there ain't going to be nothing, his child, his heritage, he's there. God is always present. What does the, the psalmist say? He's an ever-present help in a time of trouble. Amen? He's, he, you, you don't have to call him and wait for him to show up. See, that, that, that says something about our understanding about who God is when, we, when we're calling for him to come when he's already there. It'd be kind of ridiculous, you know. If I, I'm looking at Isaiah. If I'm sitting in the living room with Isaiah and, and we talk, and I'm like, Isaiah, come here. And he's right there with me. And I know he's with me. I wouldn't call him to come downstairs if I see him right there in the living room with me. You see, but we, 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 that's how we, we treat God. We say, okay, the Lord ain't here right now, so I can do this, or I can do that. Or maybe I need you, God. I need you. Where you at? He's right there. Just tell somebody, God is always present. And I think that'll help us, and we realize that he's always present. If we really think about the fact, if we really capture the fact that he's always present, it might help us in some of the things that we struggle with. Because we realize that he is an ever-present help. So when the struggle's there, the help is there. When the temptation is there, the help is there. When the challenge is coming upon you and, and you feel like knocking somebody out, the help is there. All you need, he said, I am nigh thee even in your mouth. Well, I, you know, I think I was talking to you know, at Bible study a couple of weeks ago. I told him, I said, you know, when I was having challenges as a young Christian, amen, and things were coming, and as I was growing and getting to know God, and I felt them challenges coming up on me, I would always say, Jesus, keep me near the cross. And just the fact that I would stop and, and say that, it would help me in that very situation. Because you were right there. I'm right here to help you. I'm right here to keep you. So, so it's not a fact that, that he's not there. It's a case that, you know, we don't always come with an expectation. We don't always recognize his presence that's right there with us. Go with me to the book of Acts. Hmm. You know, because if he's always here, why don't we always experience him? Huh? See, we, when I say experience him, we, we want to have the, like we did last Sunday. Like some of us experienced even this morning. You know, the, the presence, the, the, his presence being manifested in moving us, amen, and touching us and speaking to us. So we're going to take a look at a few scriptures that show when God shows up, amen, but there's something we got to do, amen, in order for us to recognize that, to be able to. Now, this is what we're going to talk about this morning. Hallelujah. Entering into God's atmosphere. Oh, we're in our atmosphere. And sometimes we set the atmosphere. Isn't that right? But there's, there's, there's something that's required of you and I. You know, something we got to learn in order to really enter into God's atmosphere. It's kind of like a, that, that parallel realm that's always around us, but we don't necessarily see it. We don't necessarily feel it. Amen. But it's available to you and I as a child of God. It's available to our children as we teach them, amen, how to enter in. But if we don't know how to enter in, 
into God's presence, into God's atmosphere. He can be there all the time. And we, don't, we don't even get to experience the power that's all around us, the freedom and the liberty that's all around us, let alone in us. Oh, yeah, he's there too. So in the book of Acts, let's look at chapter 2, verse number 1, beginning at verse number 1. Hallelujah. We're talking about entering into God's atmosphere. Thank you, Lord. Said, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared cloven tongues. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were, what, all, everybody say all, filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. See, these people weren't just sitting around shooting the breeze. You know, I have time to go back, you know, and, and, and show you. But in, in, in each one of the Gospels that records that, you know, they were directed when Jesus had ascended up, amen, his last instruction to his 12 disciples was go to Jerusalem, and not just them, but those that were following. He said, go to Jerusalem, amen. He said, don't go preach no more, don't go teach no more, but go to Jerusalem and wait till you be endued or endowed or covered or bathed with the power from on high, talking about the Holy Ghost. He said, you need this to really do what I'm telling you to do. And as we, we follow it up in Acts 1 and 8, he said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the world. You know, so we need that power in order to be able to function. But we also need to look at what these men did. What these, they said it was about 120. But what did they do? They all came together. And they all had one, what, thing in common. They had an expectation that God was going to show up. Now, they waited, and they waited, but now imagine this, that they were there during the Feast of Weeks, the Pentecost Feast, and when the, 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 the completion of the weeks, the seventh, at the end of the seventh week, is the day of Pentecost. That's what they say when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Amen. On day number 49, then you step into the 50 days fully come. Amen. And you can imagine, just imagine, they know where they are. They know they're in Jerusalem. They know they're waiting on him. And don't you think their expectation would have been peaked on that day? And guess what happened? He showed up because they had an expectation of him showing up. How many times does God really show up in our lives without us expecting it? Huh? Think about this. You know, he, he does all kinds of things for us. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about this. He's always there, amen. Just if you take a breath, you know, it's because God is there. Huh? Hello? I mean, he's constantly providing for us. He said he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. Hallelujah. But when we have an expectation, that's when we're able to enter into the glory. That's when we're able to enter into the supernatural. Amen. When we really have an expectation. See, what did he tell his disciples, amen, when, when they saw him walking on the water and he came to the boat and they were all afraid except, you know, Peter stepped out the boat. But he said, oh, yeah, what? Little faith. And if our faith is small, guess what? Our expectation is about the same. Uh, we say, I got faith, but we got, you know, plan A, B, and sometimes C. You know, A would be God. Then if he don't show up in time, then we go to plan B. You know, with God, you don't need a plan B. Amen. We don't need to be calling on and expecting something else to happen, amen, because why? When we have an expectation, when we come together, look around the room. You've got this many believers coming together. To worship the same God, we should have no problem entering into his presence. Uh, we should have no problem, amen, entering into God's atmosphere. And in his atmosphere, amen, his glory is already there. But see, 
if we just come with a casual mind, well, it's this church. Uh, well, Pastor Linda going to preach long today. Uh, Pastor Linda David going to give us too many scriptures. And, you know, we're going to be long. So, so we come just to do what? Put the check in the box. I showed up on Sunday. You know, they won't be calling me talking about where was you at. You know, I, I got my spiritual meal for the week. You know, I, you know I, I met the quota. No, that's not how we need to come before God. We need to come before God. Amen. Now, how many of us know? Let me, by, by show of your hands, how many of us have things in our lives we want God to deal with? Come on. See, but I got two hands, so I'm with you. Amen. See? Now, the rest of y'all, if you got it all together, come talk to a brother. If you don't got nothing going on in your life, you don't want God to work on. Come tell me how you did it without him. And I just might have to remind you that that's not true. I'm trying to be polite here. Amen. We all need God. Isn't that right? We all have something that, you know, somebody say we all, we all little sick somewhere. Hello. We all got some kind of issue going on. Even if you don't want to admit it to yourself, somebody else will tell you about it and you'll tell them they're lying. Huh? Because you don't want to admit it. Well, we all need God. Amen. So, so as we look at this, amen, God has a way of showing up and making himself known. Go with me to Isaiah, the sixth chapter. Yeah, this is kind of what, some of what we experience, amen, when we, we come with a mind, amen. See, when we listen at the ladies, amen, in their testimony, they're talking about the worship that took place. When they talk about, amen, the mindset, amen, the expectation that they had. I mean, they wasn't waiting on somebody else. Why? Because they were pursuing God. They were seeking God. And because of that, God didn't have no problem being found of them. Amen? Hallelujah. But Isaiah 6 and 1 says this. And we're going to work on this for a minute. He said, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, also the Lord, sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Now, let me stop right there for a minute. In the year King Isaiah died. And I'm going to ask you a question. What's blocking you from seeing God? Hmm? See, sometimes we got a desire in our life. Amen. And I said he was a king, something, someone that we looked to, something that we worshiped, something that we held on to, something we wouldn't let go of, something that was lifted up in our life to the point to where it's in the way. God is being eclipsed by that thing, amen, that's in our life. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's sickness or whatever. I don't know what it is, amen, but there's these Isaiahs in our life, Isaiah in our life, amen, that causes us not to see. But when that thing is dead, when that thing is moved, when that thing is gone, when we yield it, when we surrender that thing, we can see God. Huh? See, God ain't going to compete with nothing in your life. Oh, see. I don't know if y'all caught that. I said, God is not going to compete with anything in your life. Because he don't have to. He's God. Come on. Think about this. I think back in high school, you know, how different Teens competed for friendship here and there. I want you to be my friend. No, I want you to be my friend. I want you to be my girlfriend. I want you know, not competing for those kinds of things. God is not going to compete. If you want something else to be God in your life, He's going to leave you to your own devices. God, think about this now. I don't know. That's not even in my notes. He just dropped that. If God was to compete, begin to compete with the things that you hold before him, what would he be saying about himself? Uh, see, see, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to help y'all. Y'all going to understand me real quick here in a minute. See, when I, when I see him watching 
these reality TV. And they got one woman, the bachelor, or the, the bachelorette, and they got all these men competing for her attention. Now, I don't know about you. I'm talking to the brothers right now. But you couldn't pay me enough money to belittle myself enough to go on there and compete for one woman against five or six other men. Uh, let's flip the script. How many of you women would belittle yourself enough to be going there with six or seven other ladies trying to be with one man? And it's a, yeah, she says a lot more than that. Are you that desperate? Is your self-esteem that low, or will you sell yourself out just to be on TV or nationally? That you know he was with her. She was them kissing and talking all kinds of Today is my turn. I'm trying to help us, okay? I told y'all would identify with me when I went here. Now, can you imagine God? You got your lust and your pornography. You know, you got you know you got your alcohol and you got all this stuff lined up. And God is right here, say, I'm gonna compete with all that and see if I can win. See if I can win your attention. See if I can win your affection. If that's what you, I feel like God's like, if that's what you want, after all I've done already, after all I've given you, and all I've made available to you, have at it. He is not going to compete with our stuff. We've got to be willing to surrender everything, including your own will, in order to enter into his atmosphere. You're going to bring all that stuff in and say, you know, it's a package deal, God. You get me. You No. <laughs> he said, I'll help you get it together. But I'm not going to compete with any of them. I said, I, he'll help you get it together, but he's not going to compete with any of it. All your hang-ups and addictions and fears and all that. He said, no, nah, I will help you deal with it, but I'm not going to compete with it. Because he's greater in all things. Else we really couldn't call him God. So it says, and his train filled the temple. Amen. Hallelujah. His glory, his presence. You know how when you see the bride come in and they got the long train, I mean, think about that. God, I, I, I like this scripture because it says, pray. That meant, that mean his glory just kept on coming. It just kept on coming. Uh, until it filled the temple, amen. What did we experience something? That's uh, he filled the temple, amen. And he said, it, above it stood the, the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain they covered his face, and with twain, in other words, two, he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. These six-winged creatures. But look what they were saying. And one cried unto another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Woo. The whole earth, say the whole earth, the whole earth. is filled with his glory. See, he's a, his glory ain't just in one place. Even the seraphim, I mean, they look at it and say, Holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is filled with his glory. When you see the trees, when you see the dogs, when you see the squirrels, when you see, it's all the glory. Huh? The grass growing. How, how can these things be? But the glory of God. All of creation, all of nature is responding to the glory of God. But the pinnacle of his creation, man, when the fall took place in the garden. Remember he said you shall surely die. We were cut off. We were separated from the atmosphere of God. So we had to begin to create our own atmosphere. 
We had to begin to create our own. You know, and I'm going to say something here. We weren't smart enough to do it. Huh? So we had to listen to another voice, which just took us further down the road into sin and destruction and debauchery and all the things that have taken place to this very current day. Amen. But I love this because his, his glory filled the temple, amen, and the whole earth is full of his glory, is, present tense, full of his glory. And the post of the doors moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Hmm. Smoke. Vapor. I mean, the place was filled. The cloud. Amen. It was filled. Amen. Why? Because of the presence of the Lord. Don't we want the presence of the Lord? I mean, you can have that presence in your home. Like I said, you can have it in your car. Why? Because God is everywhere present. But we got to learn how to enter into that presence. Yeah. How many of you have ever experienced this worshiping and praying and magnifying God while you're driving and all of a sudden we say God showed up? Huh? You been there? Guess what? God did not show up. See? What really happened was you entered into his atmosphere. He was already there. But you you entered into his atmosphere, and then you begin to experience the presence that was already around you. But as long as you're over here in the flesh, in the natural, but when you get to a place when you're worshiping and you're magnifying him to the point where it's like you got a key that allows you to enter in. Woo. And all of a sudden, you feel what was already there. For the taking. Already there to be experienced wherever you are. Don't feel like you got to be in the sanctuary to feel like, no, 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 uh-uh. See, see, when you get to the place, amen, when you are able, like, so I, I've been there, you know, you're able to worship in your living room. Next thing you know, tears are coming down and the presence and the glory. Because why? Even in the living room, you'd have entered into God's atmosphere. Huh? You know, you, you, didn't have, you didn't have to have somebody to lay hands on. You see, when the glory shows up, when you, when you actually, I said it shows up, but when you actually enter into his atmosphere, when you actually enter into his presence, amen, because of your expectation, because of your yieldedness, because you've abandoned the flesh. See, when that glory is moving, we don't need to lay hands on nobody. See, we don't got, see, what happens is, you know, when the glory shows up and we don't know what to do, we start, you know, and, and we, we start getting in God's way. And, and all of a sudden, the person on that side, they all say, are they going to lay hands on me? He's already over there. So if I don't come over here and, and, and lay hands on this one, they're going to walk away disappointed because they think it's me. And you got to get that out of the way. God can touch you wherever you are. All you need to do is yield, surrender, enter into his atmosphere. And guess what? He can do more in a split second than we can ever begin to accomplish in a half hour of laying hands and smearing you with oil. Because he is. When we enter into his glory, it's all that God is, all that he has, and all that he can do. God wants to be the one. And we as his people need to understand when he shows up, we need to get out of the way. And say, have your way, Lord. You doing this. You moving. We got, we got to get to that place. Let me, let me show you all something. Go to 1 Kings. Hallelujah. It's available to us. It's all around you. Now, First Kings eight. Hallelujah. My God. My God, help us, Lord. I want to know how to enter into His atmosphere at any time. 
Amen. Look at the 10th verse. Hallelujah. After they had come and they had dedicated the temple. Amen. David built the temple and he brought all the stuff in there. When you begin to read in Chronicles, we're going to look at Chronicles here in a minute. But when you begin to read, all that they did is David, you know, he had set aside all these things. And then his son Solomon came and built the temple. Boy, when you begin to read about the temple and how they they decked that temple out. I'm talking about even the door hinges were solid gold. How many of us can afford to buy a hinge? Not just, you know, it's, it, it's you know, painted gold like them over there. You know, or just got, a, got a, a, a little coating on it that looks gold. No, these were solid gold. Hinges for the doors. I mean, when it talks about the Ark of the Covenant that they brought in, the staves and all those solid gold, the, 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 the cherubim, solid gold. And it just goes on and on. God is very elaborate. We ain't not serving no poor God. He don't want nothing chintzy. He, he, no, you know, he, he don't want nothing chintzy. You know, I was, I was, as I was thinking about that, I'm, I'm going to get here in a minute. But I was thinking about it, you know, because, you know, I got some pastor friends in, you know, around town. And, you know, they talk. I had one come by here on one, one Wednesday, and I had on my tie and all that. Said, look at you all dressed up. You know, you, might, <laughs> you know, on Sunday, you know, I look at. The preachers on TV, and I'm not knocking nobody, but this is my my thinking, okay? Because we don't got we don't got you know casual, you know. We put on our jeans and our, our muscle shirt, you know, and a little jacket, and, and, and you know maybe a jacket, and we, you know we button open the button down, and you know we we come to preach God's word to represent Him. I have a hard time thinking like that. You know, I, I really do because, you know, when I look at how he decked out the temple, when I look at how God had his priests dressed, the ephod that they wore, they had jewels all over it, and they all represented something. God said, don't come up in my temple looking any kind of way. You represent me, man of God. Uh, don't don't come any kind of way. Don't you know, you know, think about this. Uh, we would not. Could you imagine President Obama coming on to do the State of the Union in a pair of jeans with his shirt buttoned down? And, you know, you're like, how y'all doing today? Even when you got, how many of us watch ESPN? Men? Even the four sportscasters put on a suit and tie to talk about a game. I'm not talking about no game. I'm talking about the Most High God. But that's just, you know, just one of, one of my little pet peeves, okay? So if they ask you why you put on your Sunday go to meeting clothes, because I'm going to a meeting. Huh? And I'm going to give, you know, I know they got a show now, but they, back in the day we used to say we're going to put on our Sunday best. That's where they got the name from the show. Sunday, You know, we're going to put on our Sunday best. We're not going to go up there looking any kind of way. There's certain clothes we did not wear except on Sunday. Them your Sunday shoes, boy, take them. You're not paying them. You know you didn't put on your Sunday shoes and go outside. You'd be in trouble. Huh? See, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Huh? So we need to represent. But anyway, let me, let me get back here. I just get on my. But in, in, in here, he said, and it came to pass when the priest, are y'all there with me? The 10th verse. And when it came to pass, when the priest would come out of the holy place. I mean, they're, they're dedicating the temple to God. Amen. That the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. Why? For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. I mean, they were celebrating God. They were having a good time. They were t dedicated the temple, and God said, "Oh, y'all done done it now. Here I come. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you my glory right now. Why? Because as a people, I mean, they said they they were they were all. Let's go over to Chronicles, see, because you know Kings don't give us the full breakdown, but Chronicles two and five. Go go there with me. First, Second Chronicles. I'm sorry, Second Chronicles two and five. And just go over there with me right quick. And it's saying same exact occasion, just a different recorder. 
When they chronicled it, amen, they went into a little bit more detail. Saying it came to pass when the priests would come out of the holy place. For all the priests that were in that were present were sacrificed. I mean sanctified. <laughs> sanctified and did not then wait by course. In other words, they didn't just come and wait. Well, this is the son of Levi. You know, they said he bothered with all. It's also the Levites which were singers. Now, oh, wait a minute. Now we see what's happening. Say, also the Levites which were singers, and all of them, Asaph, Haman, and Jutham. Where y'all y'all at? Y'all y'all in Second Chronicles five, eleven. Did I say two and five? Oh, I done, lost, I done left y'all way behind. Thank you, Elder Giles. Huh? Thank y'all. I'm glad somebody spoke up because I'm, I'm gone and y'all still sitting on the curb. Y'all done missed the bus. Huh? Okay, let's, 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 let's back that up. Amen? Two, five, starting at the 11th verse. Okay? See, I just said it again. I don't know why. <laughs> five and 11. Y'all put it up on the screen. So. <laughs> okay, look at the screen. They got it right. I'm just too excited. Yeah, I'm just too excited. And it came to pass when the priests would come out of the holy place and all the priests that were present were sanctified. Listen at that. In other words, they didn't lay everything out the way. They didn't, they didn't line up. Amen. And did not then wait by course. Also the Levites, which were singers, all of them, amen, Asaph and Haman and Jephthah with them, with their sons and their brethren being arrayed. Look at this. Look at look how they were dressed. They'd have on blue jeans. Okay. They were arrayed in white linen, having Tim. Timbrels and psalteries and harps standing at the east end of the altar and with them, look at this, and 120 priests sounding with trumpets. I mean, they was having a party. 100, can you imagine, 100, now that's just not just, that's just 120 trumpeters. You talk about heralding God right now. Huh? Something happens when you worship him like he need, like he deserved to be worshipped. You can worship him like that in your home just by yourself. Lift up your voice and watch what happens. Huh? Say, and it came to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one. Say, as one. See, that's the importance. Amen. And we come together with one mind, with one focus, expecting God to worship God, to magnify God, before we know it, we done slipped into his atmosphere. Huh? I said, see, that's what happened last Sunday. We wasn't, we wasn't trying to satisfy. We just worshiping him. And before we knew it, we done slipped into God's atmosphere. Oh, my goodness. Y'all done messed around and got into my glory. Huh? He was already here. Tell somebody he's already here. Huh? But he said, you know, while they were doing these things, look at here, as one, and made one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. One sound to be heard. Huh? In other words, they wasn't sitting there in their own place. Watching. No spectating. But they were all worshiping, praising. One sound. Huh? Praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the tim timbrels and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Then, that then the house, let's see, when did it happen? When they were worshiping, when they were magnifying him. As one voice, when they were lifting him up, he said that then the house was filled with a cloud. You know what? They saw the cloud. God manifested himself as they entered into his glory. As they entered into, oh goodness, 
help, Lord. Even the house of the Lord. Now look at what it said. So that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Don't y'all love it? Amen. When we can, we, we, we can understand how we just got to be able to lay aside every weight in the sin that does so easily beset us. Amen. And set our heart and our mind on God. Begin to worship him in the midst of our situation, in the midst of our circumstance. Just begin to praise him. And, and next thing you know, you cutting the step. You cutting the rug. You crying uncontrollably. Amen. You feel the presence of God. You're overwhelmed with the peace of God. And people are going, what's wrong with you? You sitting on your job when they just handed you a pink slip. But you're still saying, glory be to God. He's going to close this door, and he's opening up another one. Glory, because I, why? Because we don't know. We don't say our circumstances are controlled by this world. Our, this world is controlled by our God. And if we understand that, and I'm a child of God, amen, and he's concerned about everything concerning me, what have I to worry about? Worry is not something that's prescribed for the child of God. Ooh, see, okay, hold it, go, so I'm going to say it. Worry is an, the evidence of the lack of faith. Mm -hmm. See, see, someone didn't like that. I say, I'll say it again. Worry is the evidence of the lack of faith. Huh? What did he tell them? Which of you, by worry, can add one inch to your stature? Which of you, by worrying, can turn one hair white or black? In other words, worrying is a flat-out waste of your time. Either God going to do it, or he's not. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We got to get us. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us, Holy Spirit. Uh, see, we, 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 want, we want this kind of thing to happen in our house, not just the church. We want it to happen in our own private devotion time, not, not, just, uh, not just in our study group. So, therefore, when we come together as a body, huh, we should already have come with a mind. You know what? I know I didn't caught hell this week. Huh? And I had a struggle entering, but I know, just let me get to the house of God where I know my brother, my sister, they can help me focus. They can help me. They can help me praise. Amen. They can encourage me. And together, we shouldn't have no problem entering into God's atmosphere. But when we come the wrong way, when we come without understanding, when we come with our own agenda, oh, sweet. You ain't getting nowhere. We're we going to hit on that in a minute. I'm trying to get there. I really am. Y'all help me. Y'all help me, man. See, because before we can enter into that atmosphere, we got to come right. Huh? I said we got to come right. The Bible said no sin going to enter in. Huh? God's atmosphere is holy. Huh? Help us, Lord. Go with me to John 4, 23. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know those Hallelujah. It says what? But the hour cometh. Well, how long we got to wait? But then it says, is now and now is. You ain't got to wait. Huh? When... The true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, oh, goodness, that word truth, amen. Help, help us understand. You can't come with a lie. You can't come with no junk. You know, we, we, you can't come to God any kind. I don't care if it's at this altar or the altar of your, in your bedroom. I don't care. Well, you cannot come to him any kind of way and expect he's going to receive you. Huh? I thank God for Sister Amanda's testimony. I thank God for all of because, see, when we have those things, it blocks us. As, as much as we love God, it blocks us 
from really being able to receive all that he has for us. He said, if you got an issue, if you, and I don't see too many people come to the altar, throw their hands up, knowing their heart ain't clear. Knowing they got issues with somebody. Hello. Oh, it's in the house. And I, I, I will tell you this. God sees you. God loves you. But he says, leave your gift at the altar. And go be reconciled to your brother. Huh? He said, don't come offer me your gift, your, your praise, and, and you haven't even been reconciled. He said, no, leave your gift at the altar and go reconcile. Then come back and offer your gift. Then I'll receive you. Hello. Other words, he says, you ain't going to get into the glory like that. You ain't going to get into my presence like that. Oh, y'all got quiet on me on that one. Why y'all, why y'all get so quiet? Huh? It's the word. Amen. I'm trying to get somewhere else. I go look it up for you with me. Huh? Hallelujah. So look what he said. In verse 24. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must, say must, worship him in spirit and in truth. It's a must to worship him in spirit. Not in your flesh. Not just so others can see you. You already got your reward. Well, you know what? When you, I'm, I'm trying, Lord. I'm trying. See, when, when you come up here and, and you putting on the show to let somebody else know you good. Huh? You be all up here like. You're doing all that and you know your heart ain't right. What you're really doing is worshiping yourself. I said, what you're really doing is worshiping yourself. You're trying to make yourself look good before the people, before the individual. Huh? I'm just going to tell you all straight. God knows the difference, and so do you. Huh? Yep, Lord. Now, look at this. God is right here wanting somebody, wanting us to be able to come into his presence, desiring us to know how to enter into his presence. Amen. He's given us all kind of keys in his word. He said, worship me in spirit and truth. Now, now look, go to Psalms 145. Hmm. Hallelujah, Lord. Somebody with me. Huh? 145, verse 18. That's a good verse. I said that's a good verse. To the Lord is nigh unto all of them that call upon him. Look what he said. All of them. That he's, he, he's near. He's right there with all that call upon him. And what did he say? To all that call upon him in truth. Huh? Not a false worship. Not a false life. Huh? Not a polluted heart. Not a prideful heart. But who come before him in truth, humble before him, honest before God. Then he will have his way. Look, go, go back to the New Testament. Go to Hebrews. Um, um, no, no, you're right there in Psalms. Go to Psalms 54. We're going to stay in Psalms. Just one more, one more scripture in Psalms. Hallelujah. 54 and 6. Just where he's calling us to. Huh? I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. Now, watch what he says. Sacrifice. No, wait a minute. How, how do I go from praising to sacrifice? See? We, we, we sing the song, we offer up the sacrifice of praise. What is that? Huh? Hello. See, what is a sacrifice? Huh? You know, as they were dedicating the temple, I was reading it, and as they were dedicating the new temple after Solomon had built it, he said that they, they offered so many sacrifices that they could not even number them. 
That's that was that was. Think about this. These people were a sacrifice is something that's gonna cost you, huh? A sacrifice is something that you you know you're not too quick to let go of. Huh? That's why they call it a sacrifice, huh? You know, you you we we, we make a sacrifice. You know, this or that. We, you know, we might sacrifice something in our budget for something else, huh? But when we talk about God, when we talk about, you know, I will freely sacrifice unto thee. You know, in other words, I will freely give you my praise, huh? Huh? Go, go, go with me to Hebrews thirteen. Yeah, because He is good. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13, verse 14 and 15 says this. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Huh? Oh, I won't go into all this. But, but then look what it says in the 15th verse. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is... Okay, here we come. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Hallelujah. What do you say? Continually. It don't stop just because we look at the clock and say service is over. Huh? Continually, I continue to lift up the fruit of my lips. I continue to sacrifice. See, God, you're good. I magnify you, I praise you, although sickness is racking through my body. I praise you, amen, even though people are talking about me, I'm still going to give you the sacrifice of praise. Huh? Even though I ain't got no money in the bank, I'm still going to give you the sacrifice of praise. Even though I just lost my job, I'm still going to give you the sacrifice of praise. Even though they're hating on me right now, I'm still going to give you the sacrifice. My circumstances are not going to stop me. When things are going crazy in my life, I will freely, continually give you the sacrifice of praise. People don't understand what's going on in my life, but yet, Lord, I'm going to give you, I don't know where my next meal is coming from, but I'm going to give you the sacrifice of praise. I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to praise you anyhow. See, it's easy to praise him when you get the check in the mail. It's easy to praise him when you get the raise. It's easy to praise him when you find out you're pregnant because you want it to be. It's easy to praise him when things are going good. But see, it's that other praise that's a sacrifice. It's that other praise when you don't know how it's going to work out. That's the sacrifice. He said, I will continue to give you the sacrifice. And when you do that, oh, you about to move into the glory. You about, you, uh, he, he about to show up. Because you've chosen to give him the sacrifice of praise. Praise that cost you something. Praise that say you got to give up your emotions. You got to move out of your feelings. You got to stop thinking about what's going on around you. You can't make it about you because the praise is about him. Oh, I'll praise you, God, when I'm feeling good. I'll praise you when everything's looking good. No, 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 no. That ain't no sacrifice, baby. That ain't no sacrifice. It's not hard to, to praise him. It don't cost you nothing to praise him when he done blessed you already. But we talking about a sacrifice of praise. We talk about praising when you don't feel like praising. But yet I'm going to praise you. Yet I'm going to magnify your name. Yet I'm going to look you up. I'm broken in the Ten Commandments, but God, I'm going to praise you anyway. We got to make up our mind. If you want to enter into God's atmosphere, your key is praise. It's not always I need a word from the man of God. I need a, No, you need to praise God. We, 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 we used to pacifiers when you can get the full meal deal. Got to learn how to go to him. He is the answer. He is the one. 
that we got to learn how to call upon so that, you know what, if, if we could just get this, then I wouldn't, have to, I wouldn't have to worry about no counseling appointments. If we could just learn how to enter into his presence, if we just learn how to get into his atmosphere, then, then my calendar would be clear. If we just get to that place, say, Lord, help me, help me. Somebody say, Lord, help me. See, God's trying to restore us. Just like he, he was working on restoring the children of Israel when they were going through. Y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. Y'all, y'all get too excited. Huh? But, but, whoo, help me, Holy Spirit. Huh? Look, look what Jeremiah, look, look what the Lord said to Jeremiah. Look what Jeremiah 33 and 9. We're we almost there. We're about to bring it on home. Huh? We can enter into God's atmosphere if we use the keys that he gave us. And it's not hard. God, my flesh is acting up. Woo, hello, hello, hello. So I'm just going to praise you. Hmm? I feel like just going off on somebody, so I'm going to praise you. So I'm talking about a sacrifice of praise. Pushing past your feelings, pushing past your emotions. That's a sacrifice. In other words, you say, I'm putting this flesh on the altar so I can praise you. Huh? What do you mean? What do you say? You know, present your body as a living sacrifice. Huh? When your feelings and your emotions and your temptations and all that starting to rise up, just start praising God. Huh? Push past. Jeremiah 33 and 9. Hallelujah. God was working on restoring his people, and he said this, 33 and 9. And it shall be unto me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all the nations of the earth. Talking about restoring, amen, the desolate places and what he's going to do. He said, which shall hear all the good that I do unto them. Everybody going to hear when you when you get to that place when God does it watch out and and they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and for all the prosperity that I procure unto it. He said I'm going to bless this I'm going to bless the city's socks off. Huh? Thus I mean thou shalt when thou sayest thus saith the Lord again there shall be heard in this place say this place there should be heard in this place, which ye say shall be desolate. Now, see, you saying this, but I'm going to tell you what's going to be heard. See, people say, well, you said this. I want y'all to understand what he said. He said, I'm saying what's going to be heard, even though they said something else. See, they said, which shall be desolate without man and without beast, even the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate without man and without inhabitant and without beast. And he said, now, that's what y'all say. It's going to be a ghost town. But what did the Lord say? Watch out now. Now, I I like this. He said, the voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of them that shall say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endure forever, and all them that shall bring what? Watch out. Say it, say it, say it. Come on, unto the house of the Lord. Watch out. He said, this is what I'm going to do. Huh? Watch out now. For I will cause the return to return the captivity of the land. In other words, everything you lost. Everything that's been tried to be stolen. He said, I I, I can fix that. I I can turn it around. Look at Job. See, Job did praise him. And at the end of Job's reign, at the end of Job's trouble, at the end of Job's trials, Job was restored. Huh? Double. See? Huh? I said, somebody said double. Double for his trouble. Huh? All that he lost, double. Children restored back. Come on, somebody. See, because when God said, I will restore you, don't think about what you lost. Think about that was a down payment. I said that was a down payment for what you fitting to get. 
That was just surety. You thought you had something when you really didn't have nothing? Stick with God. And he'll give you that and much, 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 much more. Huh? But he's going to start with the soul of God.